Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, hello, Miss Sharon. How are you this evening? I'm good. How are you after your trip to Costa Rica? I'm doing well. You know, we were gone for a couple of weeks and took the whole family down there, and it was beautiful. We had a great time, and you know, now I come back and COVID is uh, running rampant again. They're canceling the A and A meeting, and oh my gosh, I'm so upset that the Austin meeting has been canceled. I mean, I absolutely understand why it was, but. I am missing my CRNA friends. Actually, I just mailed off today the gifts for the Fab Four. You know, we always give each other little gifts at the meeting. Carol Deutscher, Jackie Rolls, and Tracy Castleman. And I mailed their gifts off today. Where's my gift? You didn't get me one. I don't get you anything. But actually, since this will air after... They get their gifts. They are so cute. I had these coffee cups made and it's the four of us sitting there. I could have our hair color and our names put on it. And it says, we'll be best friends forever. And even when we forget who each other is, we'll be best friends again or something like that. It was just super, super cute. So I'm glad you get me one of those. Well, I know, but you're so young that I'll forget you before you forget me. Uh, Maybe, maybe. I don't know. You've got pretty good genes. So, Well, I'm excited for our guest tonight, Rihanna Ferriel. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. Well, Rihanna Ferriel. Rihanna. Okay. See, I always screw up people's names. Ferriel like Ariel. Yeah. See, I got that right, Sharon. Mm-hmm. That's right. You Look, it's that. not like the dog. You remember the dog? The dog? What are you talking about? Air Maze. 
Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Dan Lovenaria, he could not get your dog's name right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Well, Rihanna, you're from Charleston, or is that just where you moved to? Yes, I've been in Charleston, West Virginia since 2017. I came here for CRNA school and then I really liked the hospital and they offered me a job. So we stayed and my husband started a business here while I was in school, but I'm originally from Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, I worked at University of Virginia before I came. Oh, okay. oh my goodness. Oh, so who was your program director where you went to school? Nancy Tierney. Yes. And Nancy just retired. Yes. Yeah, so Megan Orfanos is the new program director here. And she was um, one of the staff CRNAs where I actually work at now. So excited for her. And um, two more of the CRNAs where I work moved into assistant director and teaching positions. Oh, how exciting. I've been to Charleston, West Virginia, and I speak at the West Virginia State meeting every year. I think I've spoken at their meeting for about 15 years straight. I would have thought they'd be sick of me by now. But <laughs> y'all's capital is stunning. Your capital building, the dome is gold plated. It's gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous. It's very cool. And I live just a couple blocks from it downtown and um, we can see it from the hospitals. So it's really neat. Oh, my goodness. And Mike Frame is up there, and he was president of West Virginia whenever, I think I was state president. I mean, national president. Good God, I've been president of everything at one point or another. So it was national president, but he's awesome. And he lives in Charleston. West he Virginia. was one of my professors when I was in the program. And so he recently moved, um, he works at WVU now in their new program. He went there to help start it up and do the first year, but he used to teach at my program that I graduated from. Really good guy. So tell us a little bit about you, Rihanna. We've been trying to catch up with you for quite some time. So tell us a little bit about yourself besides that you live in West Virginia. Okay. So my name is Rihanna. I have been a nurse since 2014 when I was 24 and I figured out I wanted to be a CRNA during nursing school, but I also wanted to be a travel nurse. That's kind of why I went into nursing. So I did travel nursing for two years and then applied to CRNA school and ended up stopped travel nursing to go to school. I've been a CRNA for just about one year practicing. I have been married to my husband since 2013, but we've been together since 2008 and we have a little 12 year old dog and a two and a half year old daughter who we just adopted this past Monday. Um, oh, wow. We adopted her from foster care. She's actually been with us since she was a baby. And I'm not sure where we're going to end up, but right now we're planted in Charleston, West Virginia, which has been good. And we're pretty involved on social media, both of us in kind of different areas. Um, so it's been fun getting to meet a lot of people and I'm excited to be on your podcast. Yeah. And Rihanna, we're going to, that's what we're going to be talking about today, social media and anesthesia. And obviously I did a little bit of homework on you and checked out some of your social media channels and watched a little bit on YouTube. And of course you do talk a little bit about finances. So I hope we can hit on that tonight as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, my husband's a huge finance guy. And so we do financial freedom basically um, mentorship or coaching. We yeah. have a group for it. And so that's a big thing that we're into. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward I to that. I saw one of the pictures you posted a millionaire before 30. Yes. Wow. That was one of our huge goals when we were in our twenties. We've been working towards it for a long time and we reached it. Um, 
a couple of years ago, but before we were 30. So we wanted to share that kind of to inspire others. That's awesome. There you go, Jeremy. This is right up your alley. I'm it sure is. you're going to have lots of questions for her shortly. So tell us about the importance of social media and the influence that social media can have, because you have certainly used it to your advantage. Social media, I think, is one of the strongest, most powerful tools you can have this day and age in business and just for promoting yourself or promoting a profession such as anesthesia or CRNAs. So everybody's basically on social media. Advertising has moved to a social media model in a lot of ways um, because less people are watching TV. People watch Netflix now and not as much cable TV with commercials. And people don't listen to the radio as much because they listen to the direct radio and satellite radio and things like that. Anyway, so everything's kind of went in the direction of social media, um, especially for the younger generation, that's all they know. My brother, for example, is 18 and he uses social media for everything, even to meet people. So I think it's important to use social media to help educate the public on CRNAs and what they are, because going back, a lot of people don't understand completely what we do and they don't even know sometimes what we are when we tell them that we're a CRNA. So I think that social media is changing that, changing the narrative and also, I've had a lot of high scores and younger people reach out to me that have seen that I'm a CRNA because they follow me and they want to follow that path. When I was in high school, I had no idea what a CRNA was, and I didn't find out what it was till I was working in the OR during a nursing clinical. So I, if I would have known about it back then, it would have been amazing. I would have been way more ahead than I was. I just think no matter what your business is or what you're doing, you can use social media to your advantage to promote yourself and expand your reach. So Rihanna, you didn't, you didn't know anything about a CRNA until that point. And then you decided right. to go back to anesthesia school. How long was that period? So I went, I didn't know what CRNAs were until I was shadowing in the OR as a nursing student. And I got there really early and it was actually an anesthesiologist. And he said, Oh, why don't you come with me for the day? Because no one else is here yet. And I loved what he did. I thought it was the coolest thing. He let me do so much stuff to help that I thought was very awesome. And then at the end of the day, he told me, well, you should go to CRNA school if you love this. And he said, that's, this is what CRNAs do as well. And so then I started researching it and that's how I figured out what it was. So that was in 2013. I went to CRNA school in 2017 and I graduated in 2020. So all in all, it took many years, but there was a lot of good stuff going on in there with me working in the ICU and travel nursing. Great. Great. So how did you get started on the social media front? Uh, that's interesting to me and kind of walk us down that path. Okay. So I wanted to start a YouTube channel for a long time. My husband and I actually started one when we were younger, younger, maybe 22. And we started a workout channel and it was really bad, super cringy. And we ended up, we did it for maybe a couple of months and then we stopped it and thought this is taking up a lot of time. And we had a business and I was in nursing school. So we kind of stopped it. But later on, I got interested in it again and I was putting it off, putting it off. And then one day I just picked up my phone and said, I'm just going to film a YouTube video and post it. And whatever happens, happens. And I posted it and I had all these people commenting. They wanted more CRNA information and content because they hadn't been getting that or been able to find it. And that kind of inspired me to post more. And I started posting weekly and I've been posting weekly with a few exceptions ever since. And that was in 2018. Wow. So every week you're posting something out there. Yes. I usually post every Sunday. Sometimes 
the days vary a bit. And then some weeks I've taken off and I just let them know, let my people who are waiting know oh, this week, I won't have a video. I'm on vacation or I'm working extra or something like that. So what are all your outlets? Because I see you and I found you on Instagram. Yes, I have YouTube, Instagram, and I'm pretty new to TikTok. I've made a couple TikToks about anesthesia. I have a TikTok where I do anesthesia stuff and then a TikTok where we do just finance um, daily education videos. So my YouTube is my big platform. I have over 40,000 subscribers on YouTube, but then I have almost 15,000 followers on Instagram and then on 15,000 on TikTok. So I need to get more into TikTok, but it's kind of a learning process because it's a very trendy app. So you have to learn the trends and I'm not really good at that. Sounds like you're so pretty how good long at it. did it? Yeah. How long did it take you to get that many followers? So I started my YouTube channel in 2018. And I would say I probably got up to 20,000 ish within the first year. And then from then until now, I'm at 40,000. So I think it's been kind of slow, but steady growth. I mean, it is niche anesthesia and nursing in general. Not everybody who's on social media can relate to nursing or anesthesia, but I feel that people who do research CRNA school or ICU nursing or anything of that sort end up somehow finding my channel. So that's been really fun. All right. So you also talk a lot about your outside pursuits outside of anesthesia. You want to fill us in on that a little bit as well? Sure. So when I was in nursing school, I mean, CRNA school, (laughs) I'm going back way too far now. We actually opened a gym because that was one of our lifelong dreams was to own a gym. So my second year of CRNA school, right in the beginning, we opened a gym. It was a CrossFit gym. And then we also um, have rental properties and we invest in real estate house flipping. Um, We're looking to expand our rental portfolio at the moment. And then we also have a social media presence with finance and with anesthesia. So basically a lot of high income earners. So we have a group called More Than Money. It's a networking and mentorship platform that we created where we do weekly live streams, educating our group on different financial topics and helping them with their situation. So the goal is to help everybody get to financial freedom. So that's another thing that we're very involved in. And I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything, but besides social media, that and the investing, um, we actually sold our gym in the beginning of the year. We sold out our ownership because it was taking up too much time. And um, we had other things we wanted to dedicate more time to. Good Lord. When do you sleep, girl? <laughs> sometimes got, I sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you sleep at night. I can't, I can't even imagine. Whenever I was looking at your Instagram post, you said that your goal was to have 80% in real estate. 80% of your earnings go to real estate. Yes. We invest a lot into real estate. We, we invest the maximum we can in retirement and things of that nature. And we do have some fun money in the stock market, but our, our main thing is real estate. Um, we're getting interested lately actually in Airbnbs and we're hoping to acquire one within the next year. We've been researching that a lot. And um, there's another CRNA named Aisha CRNA on social media. Her name's Aisha Allen. She's in the Air Force. She actually has an Airbnb and shares a lot about it. So we're friends and I talked to her about that. And then we would like to have more rental properties. So we're not really set on a certain number of doors, but we have a certain number in our head that we want for passive income. And that's what we're working towards at the moment. Oh my God. We just did a podcast with a guy. How many doors did he say he had, Jeremy? Gosh, I'm trying to remember 130, maybe 140. No, I think it was more than that. Was it? But Uh, oh my God. That's a lot. 
Yeah, he did a lot. I mean, I have rental property, so I just almost cringed whenever he said how many doors he uh, oh, gosh. how many doors he had. So what does your husband do? So he's a partner. He owns a company. Um, it's called AM Investments. He has two partners, Andrew and Steve. So his name's John, John, Andrew and Steve. They run AM Investments. It's a real estate investing company. So basically they take money from investors and invest it into flips, house flipping, and then they return the investors money with their interest and that they've been doing really well. They've all been together since 2017. They met when I came here for CRNA school and it's been a really fun ride. So he loves that. And that's another part of the reason we stayed. As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. So let's talk about this goal of becoming a millionaire. We'll get into the financial part of it because, you know, obviously that, that interests me a lot. So your goal was to be a millionaire by 30. How old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 31 now. 31 now. Okay. Sharon always gets offended when I ask her. So, you know. I oh, I don't care. Her. I'm 31. My husband's 34. Okay. Hey, and listen, when I was 31, <laughs> I wasn't offended. But. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about that. Now, you had this goal. You said the majority of your savings are in real estate investments. You're looking for passive income, which I totally get. So let's kind of talk about that. I mean, you you know, you were a nurse. Your husband was obviously working while you were in school and so forth. I did a little bit of homework on you and realized that you said in one of your videos, you guys saved 80% of what you made. So you're obviously a saver. I didn't think there were many people that beat me in savings rate, but your savings rate does beat me. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. Okay. Well, so to start you back from the beginning, um, we've been together since I was 18 and my husband was 21. So right out of high school, um, neither one of us came from very financially literate families and we didn't come from families that had a lot of money. We came from just normal families that lived a normal lifestyle. So my husband started a business, a moving company when he was 21. And that kind of got us started on the path of entrepreneurship and managing your own money. So he started listening to Evan Pagan. I don't know if you know who that is, but it's like, it was a huge speaker back in the day, wants versus needs, that kind of thing. So that's what got us into saving. We were huge savers and we didn't learn how to invest until about 2015. So from 2008 to 2015, we, we saved every dollar and was super frugal and we didn't know what to do with it except for save it. But then we realized if we wanted to reach higher goals, we need to invest it because you can only save so much. Right. 
And then we got into stock market investing in 2015. And in 2017, we got into real estate investing. So it's been all self-learning. When I was in school, my husband was doing a majority of that for us and kind of just telling me about it and teaching me. He reads books, listens to podcasts, has lunch with people, all that stuff. So he's a big self-learner and I'm a good academic learner. So we're a pretty good team. And ever since we started investing in real estate, that's kind of become our thing. We do still love the stock market and all that, but we like real estate. We feel like you kind of have better control over it. And it's something more brick and mortar (laughs) that you always have, no matter what happens. Yep. So this real estate investing side of things, you know, right now, obviously the market's been really hot. You know, I used to own a lot of real estate at one point in time. Actually owned a lot prior to 2008. We owned a lot of (laughs) Section 8 houses and apartments and stuff. And I had a business with someone else. And luckily we got out in 2007 of that business. And I've still got various rental properties right now. But, you know, what I'm finding in the rental market is it's very tough to find a really good deal. Are you guys seeing that up in West Virginia? And are you spread out other places other than West Virginia? Kind of what's the goal there? We are not spread out right now, but we are willing to spread out with the right people or the right network. We're not against it, but right now we're just local because we self-manage our properties. So we have one four unit apartment building, and then we have a house that we owner finance. We actually ended up owner financing instead of renting it out. And that's been going really well. So we are interested in doing that again. Our rental actually came from auction. So we got an amazing deal on it. Mm. And that's kind of made it hard for us to buy another one because we got such a good deal that now when we do numbers and compare it to what we have, we're kind of jaded. <laughs> um, and yeah, the market's up right now here. Um, nothing's really a deal. And because the evictions have been halted, the auction has been dead to none. So right. we're kind of just hanging out right now. And um, we are obviously still always looking, but we do know that the deal we want probably isn't going to come around until things calm down. So, and, and I just got another question as I'm kind of thinking in my head, you, we could probably talk all night about this, but <laughs> I know um, you could, <laughs> <laughs> but th- does your husband, does he have his real estate license or do either one of you do? Um, no, um, my husband's partner, Andrew, his wife is a realtor okay. and she also works with them in their company. So she's their main realtor for all the houses they flip. And she has all the MLS access and all the connections. Gotcha. So right now you guys have done more flipping than you really have done the rental side of the market. Exactly. Gotcha. So okay. we we still invest in, in flips very actively. We're invested in them right now. And then, um, but our goal is to get, we are building up our capital and we will continue to invest in flips, but our goal is to become more consistent and passive. So gotcha. rental properties would be what we want to do. So when do you want to retire from anesthesia? That's a tricky question. I don't think. That, <laughs> Sorry to put you I, on I the could, spot like that. But. I know. So I could right now, I could stop right now and we have enough passive income to survive off right now and my husband's salary, but I love anesthesia. So I don't necessarily have a date in mind that I want to retire from it, but I, I don't want to work 40 hours a week because I have so many other passions that I'm very invested in that I want to pursue as well. So I say in the next maybe three years, I'll probably go even more part-time than I am. I think it was important, at least especially the first year out of school that I worked pretty much full-time to get experienced. And even for the next year, I I mean, I'm one year out of school. I don't know everything and I'm always learning. So I definitely want to get great experience 
And um, it kind of requires a lot of hours to do that. Also, I love my job. I love the hospital I work at and the people I work with and the types of cases I do. So that's a huge plus. I don't ever dread going to work. We want to be more mobile. So that's the point for passive income. We love to travel. And with COVID, obviously, that's kind of been stopped. We want our daughter to go to school in a different country at some point. And so my idea with that, not to ramble, is that my husband will be working remotely, which he can do right now. And um, I'll do volunteer work because we want to live maybe in South America or something for a year. So I'll still be practicing anesthesia, just not as staff here in the U.S., Never let your license lapse, though, because in our field, trying to get it back is a problem. And there's a CRNA in California who did very well and made $15 million in the stock market and let his license lapse. And then in 2008, when the market went down and he thought he was he needed to go back to work and He is a firm believer in never letting your license lapse. So don't do that. That's great advice. I'll keep that in mind. And don't um, do that. You had to work hard to get that. And let me tell you what, life can turn on a dime. And, you know, you're 31. Jesus, there's a lot of life left and you never know. So don't let that license lapse because that is like the golden ticket right there hard to get back. I will not. And I I can't anticipate that there would ever be a point where I'm not working at all as a CRNA because I love it. And that was my dream for the longest time. Sure. And you work so hard. 88% of nurse anesthetists would choose the same career again. And nobody else, no other profession can boast that. It's a wonderful, wonderful profession. And now I'm going to get off my soapbox and <laughs> let Jeremy start talking about finances again, because I know this is his jam. Well, you know, Rian, I was, I was listening to you and you're, you're very entrepreneurial minded, obviously a CRNA. You're working W-2 currently. It sounded like you did some travel nursing before. So you've been 1099. You understand that side of the equation. Is that in the cards or what are you doing these days? I'm working per diem. I signed up per diem right out of school because the hospital I work at does not have a 1099. And that's a result of issues with the compensation department. All of anesthesia wants a 1099 position. So the next best thing for me to choose was per diem because I value my freedom and flexibility over basically over the security. So that's why I didn't take a W-2 staff position. So I choose my schedule, I get a higher pay rate, and then I they pay my malpractice, but I have all my other benefits on my own. I would absolutely have taken a 1099 if they would have accepted it. But at this point, they're not going to offer 1099 to us. If they do in the future, I'll switch to that because I would like to have the tax benefits that I don't have as a per diem. There you go. And we can we can talk about that all night. I, Rena, I don't know whether you know, my wife is a CRNA as well, and she does 1099, and she's taken... June, July, and August off this year so that, you know, we can travel. We love to travel and we've got kids. And so I just think it's a a wonderful opportunity if you structure it right. And I've even got Sharon into it now. She's heard me talk about it enough. She's even started doing this. So (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) After 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Not quite 30. Not quite 30. Not quite, but it's closer to 30 than to 20. Let's just put Uh, it that way. All right. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. 
Jeremy, well, I know it, this is your jam. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking in, in my head, Rihanna, you, you've got goals and objectives here. You know, when you guys look out, your husband's name is John, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So when you and John look out, and I deal with this with people all the time, and you probably, if you're doing financial coaching and so forth, you are too. Where do you guys envision yourself? Where are you going with all this? I mean, what does that look like? You know, I mean, obviously, you've done very well for yourselves to be 31. You're developing out this passive income. Hopefully, you've covered all your bases along the way if something were to happen. You know, what's the ultimate objective for you and John here in this life? So we're trying to figure out kind of what our end goal is right now. Our goal for the longest time was to reach financial freedom and for me to finish CRNA school. And we kind of achieved that in the past couple of years. So since then, we've been trying to set new goals. Obviously, now we have our daughter, so she's our priority. We want her to be well-traveled and we want to be able to spend as much time with her as possible. So kind of what we're thinking is what you said, similar to what you and your wife do. Ideally, I don't want to stop working, but I don't want to work full-time. And I would like to maybe work six to eight months a year and travel the other three to five months. And you know, I don't really know what our goal is. We have a, a lot of li- little goals, but we don't know what our long-term goal is, where we're going to end up or anything like that. So um, we've been kind of talking about that a lot lately and doing some soul searching. But as long as um, Tiana's our daughter, as long as she's happy and healthy and we get to her to experience the world, that's kind of our goal at this point. And to set her up for her future, she'll be set up. So Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. You know, it, it is funny though. I do find, you know, people that don't have kids tend to save a lot more money than us that do have kids. Would you agree with that, Sharon? <laughs> oh my Lord. You know, I'm going to tell you one thing right now, Rihanna, they tell you to save for college. They don't tell you to save for the wedding. <laughs> And because you will be the parents of the bride and the bride's family always pays for the wedding. Go ahead and start saving for the wedding right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can just do what, you know, a lot of parents do say, hey, here's 25 grand, 30 grand, take it. You can spend it, do whatever you want to do with it. But that's all I'm paying. Yeah. But remember, mm-hmm. I've got twins and one took that deal and one did not. Right, right. <laughs> so. But it's still a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. So let's talk a little bit about your, I'm going to call it coaching, financial freedom business. You know, talk to us a little bit about that and who you're working with and who comes to you guys. And, you know, there's the fires movement. I don't know if you guys are are part of that or (laughs) let's just kind of hit that road. So I would 
probably call it more of a financial education platform now that I'm thinking about it. But the goal is financial freedom. Most of the people who come on there don't have any financial knowledge and they know what they want to get to, but they don't know how to get there. They don't know about a Roth IRA. They don't even know what's going on with their 401k. They don't know how to budget, things like that. So, and that's all fine because we don't learn that in school. And I say, we always say, if you're here, you've already taken the hardest step, which is finding a way to educate yourself. Basically we do weekly classes via Zoom um, on different topics. So we release a schedule every month and then our members can choose which classes they want to attend. We also have a huge forum that has a lot of different sections, real estate, stock market, investing, retirement, all that kind of stuff. So they pay basically a monthly membership fee and then they have access to the forum and the Zooms and direct message access to us via the forum. That's been a lot of fun. We've really loved it. It's called More Than Money. And we've actually had the idea for a long time. We just put it into action this year because we wanted to make sure it was a smooth opening and that we were ready and had the time to dedicate to it. We've really loved helping people kind of just learn more about finances. And also that a lot of the people who come to us are in nursing or healthcare, and that's how they found us was through Instagram or YouTube. And they have no idea that often RN salary, you can reach early retirement, or you can reach financial freedom if you use your money the right way to reach those goals. So it's been, it's been great. So how much time does this all take you a week to put together all of this content? It sounds very labor intensive to me. For YouTube or just for the more than money? Just anything. I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot of balls in the air and how much time does all of this take you? So I don't track exactly how much time it takes, but if I had to guess, I would say at least probably 20 hours a week, we kind of use all of our spare time doing stuff, but we do find time to watch Netflix show like here and there at night um, after everything calms down. We like to do that and um, we like to go to the gym and work out. So I would say sometimes I get up early in the morning and do it sometimes after Um, When Tiana's napping or goes to bed, we're filming videos and writing our schedules out. Um, We do all of our lives after she's in bed. So we do them at night. And that's also when people are off work. I think if I had to guess outside of our actual jobs, John's business that he spends 40 plus hours a week at and my CRNA job, probably between 20 and 30 hours, depending on the week, but we do enjoy it. And it's on our time. Like we decide when to do it and we do it because we want to. So it doesn't feel so much like work as going to work with. Right. <laughs> Rihanna, I was just going to say, you know, why is this portion of it so important to you? You know, you said you grew up, I think both you and John, you know, sound like very similar to Sharon and I both, you know, we, we didn't grow up in a family that had tons of money and we had to make hard decisions growing up and so forth. And that's one of the reasons that led me down the path that I'm on and have been for quite a while. I didn't want to make the same mistakes and decisions that, you know, I saw fail in my younger life. So I'm just interested to what drives you guys to do this. Freedom. That's our, we don't care about money. We care about freedom. We want to be able to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And also to say no to things when we don't want to do it. So that's our main goal is freedom. And we feel pretty free right now, but there's still things that we, that are out of our reach. I mean, we don't want uh, a mega yacht or anything like that, but um, we want to be more involved in helping on a bigger scale and to help more people. You have to have more money. That's just the way it works. You can't 
help people with like positive thoughts. So we want to have freedom and we want to have the ability to make a difference. And that's really what drives us. Um, we don't care about cars or we live in a small townhouse. We don't really care about that stuff. We like to travel, see the world, meet people. And that's pretty much it. Um, it's pretty simple, but also now that we have our daughter setting her up to make sure that she never has to worry is a priority too. And, um, we actually never planned on having kids. So, and she came into our lives and spun our world around in a good way. <laughs> kids have a way about doing that. you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And to be 31 with all of this, I mean, Jeremy, well, you were born an old man in your mind. So <laughs> I just always thought uh, differently. You know, I, Sharon, yeah. I, was, I was the kid that sold candy you know, at school to make money and I was always saving money and, and putting it back. And you were like a, a Michael Keaton. Yeah. I can, I can, <laughs> she doesn't even know who Michael Keaton is, but <laughs> so that's my husband. You're you and my husband would probably get along very well. Um, I had not an entrepreneurial bone in my body and I never even considered that you could do more than go to work and pay your bills. And he, he actually, introduced that to me when we were way younger. And um, he was the one who pursued the education, not saying I would have never done it on my own, but definitely not this fast um, because he said, Hey, we can do this. This is possible. I'm learning how to do it. And then I got very interested in it as well, because I thought, well, of course I want to do whatever we want. So he really starting his business and starting to learn about kind of how to grow and invest was what got our brains rolling. Wow, sounds like we need to interview him too, Jeremy. You, uh, of course, I'd ne- we we don't have enough tape to tape him once once you two get together. So, any concluding thoughts that you would like to share with our audience before we go to the lightning round? I'm going to have to cut you two off because Jeremy could go down this rabbit hole for a l- very long time. I know that he is absolutely enjoying this. So any last thoughts you would like to share with our listeners? My, if I was just sharing some last thought, thoughts and maybe some advice, it would just be that no matter what your situation is, you can get yourself into any situation you want to be in. And no matter what your job is, work is a lot nicer when you don't feel like you have to go all the time. So my advice would be to live below your means. Um, if you're an SRNA, push through CRNA school because it is 1 million percent worth it. I've never regretted it for a second. It's wonderful. And um Also to financially educate yourself, even if you're a high income earner, having a high income does not mean that you will be wealthy if you don't spend your money the way that you need to, to build wealth. Jeremy, I think she's singing your tune. She is. She is. This is what I preach all the time. You know, it's interesting with, with CRNAs, you know, it can go, you know, in many different ways. You've got CRNAs out there who are extremely smart. And you and I have talked about this before. The smartest people that, that I know, but unfortunately, you know, you don't get a lot of financial backing and information when you're in high school or middle school or even college, unless you're a business major. And then you only get, you know, the theory side of it. And obviously in nursing school, they're not going to talk about it. In anesthesia school, you get a very little bit of maybe a little bit more now with the doctorate level, but it's still not enough to get you where you want to go. So it is nice to see you guys out there spreading the word, telling people what's possible. 
you know, I just think it's awesome what you're doing, and I wish you all the success. Looks like you've got a lot of it, and I hope that you guys continue down this path. Thank you. It was so nice talking to you guys. I feel like we could all talk for hours. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so before we let you go, we do something called the lightning round. So what's your superpower? I would say my superpower is empathy, but it can also be a weakness because I'm I'm super empathetic and it can sometimes limit me making decisions that need to be made. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your favorite word? <laughs> okay. My favorite word that I accidentally a clean say word. is a clean word. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my favorite word that I am trying to stop saying is like, and I tried really hard not to say it in this podcast. And I don't, it's, I don't it's think not you my said it really. It's hard for your generation. We, it's yeah, the yeah, new four-letter word. For I know. I, I think I'm saying um because I'm trying not to say like, and I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking it's okay to be silent for a second. It's my favorite word that I don't want to be my favorite word. Gotcha. Right, right. So who is your hero? My hero is my daughter because she's oh. been through so much and she's just amazing and so happy and she doesn't even know. I have a feeling she's so happy because of you guys. She's amazing. Well, that's awesome. I see you lighting up as you're, you're just talking about her, but I'm going to ask you one final question. If you could have dinner with someone alive or dead, who would it be? That's a really good question. I, you've stumped me for a second. <laughs> I've been thinking about this too. And I can't come up with a good answer. I think if, right, really, honestly, this is going to sound like a cliche answer, but if I could have dinner with anybody, it would be my husband and my daughter (laughs) because they're my favorite people to be around and hang out with. And I was trying to think of some big, some person that's achieved a lot that I would like to have dinner with, but I'd choose them probably. You know what? That's good. That's a good, (laughs) good that's a good answer. Well, Rihanna, we want to thank you for being on our show. You've been wonderful. And like Sharon said, I could continue to talk to you and, and even bring John into this. And we could probably make this a, you know, a series or something here. But, but again, we, we appreciate it. And Sharon, I think that's a wrap. I believe so. Well, we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to help us grow, what's the best way to help the show grow, Sharon? Oh my gosh, there's so many ways you can like us, subscribe to us, love us, tell your friends, post it on social media, which of course our guests would say that's the best way. I'm going to leave the love part out of this, you know, I mean, I don't want to get a bunch of emails later on, you know, about the love part of this. You know, you're married, I'm married, we're not married to each other, Rihanna's married, you know, I mean, you know, we... We, so so like us all right like subscribe us. to us listening to us so you know we're in the top 50 medical podcasts and our goal is to be in the top 10 on our way to number one that's right until next time it's a wrap Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim, and most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr 
at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call them at 504-394-6557. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.